Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast, where we bring you the best growth strategies from the world's experts to help build your business fast. And now, here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Hello, everyone. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Owen Video. Owen, can I reveal your real name? Uh, there's no point in revealing my, my real name because no one will be able to pronounce it. <laughs> and he and I are going to talk about how to use video to build awareness. And you know, if you've been listening and watching me on YouTube, this is one of my favorite topics. Building awareness, building sales, video is the way to go. There's nothing that touches it. Now, it's not easy. And that's why I brought Owen on the show to tell you how he does it for his clients. So, well, uh, welcome to the show, Owen. And can you tell us about yourself in 100 words or less? Yeah, I'm a YouTube strategy coach. So I help brands uh, and I help thought leaders launch a content strategy on YouTube. And we walk you through the whole process of, you know, what videos should you be creating? How do you create them? And then how do you attach them to a business objective like growing a network, uh, generating leads, and of course, generating revenue. And so we help you with all of that from soup to nuts. And I've been doing this for a long time. You know, before I got into YouTube, I was working in the television and radio space and we were creating um, shows there as well. And so it was a real joy for me to be able to, to get out of old media and jump into new media where, uh, you know, it's like a duck in water for me. Wonderful. But I then, you know, I've always wondered this and, and we've known each other for several years. How did you start in video, why did you decide? Hey, wake, why'd you wake up one day and say, you know, I've got to do more on video? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I'll tell you, it really goes back to 1989, and uh, I was, you know, eight or nine years old. My family was not wealthy by any means, but that year we had two big presents under the tree. One of those presents was a brand new Nintendo with Mike Tyson's Punch Out. And, um, you know, Mario World, I think, was, was sort of the thing. But the other big gift was one of those VHS cassette tape players, uh, video cameras. Yeah. You know how you put the whole v VHS sort of inside the thing and your dads are toting these things around oh, to like cool. the, you know, the Little League games. and one. Record, My dad would record two hours of Little League that we would never again watch. You know, but you weren't allowed to touch the tape either. Like that, that tape was family videos. Well, I played with the Nintendo for about 15 seconds, but I played with the video camera for the next 15 years. And so, you know, all through my life, I've been playing with video cameras. In high school, I was part of a comedy troupe that we created called the Pentaveret. And uh, what we would do, it actually comes from So I Married an Axe Murderer, which is sort of this old, uh, gitchy film. But, you know, we would do comedy sketches and we would record them and then we would give them to the school to play at the assemblies and stuff like this. And so, you know, I was a big fan of Saturday Night Live, Kids in the Hall, um, uh, Second City, you know, and, and so I, I really loved video. And when I graduated, all of a sudden, everyone had to go to college. And I was like, what? What are we supposed to do? <laughs> you know, so I didn't apply for anything. Um, and so I got a job in sales. I was in sales for 10 years, uh, got into marketing, and, and it wasn't until the stock market crash of, of 2008 that I was like, you know what, all of this is garbage. I'm gonna take my video camera and do what I love in an industry that I love, and that's how I became Owen Video. Well, you know, it's fascinating. We, we followed two different paths to, to, to video. I mean, your history is much longer than mine. I, I've, always, I've always been a little shy to be on video until I started getting 
trained in presentations and it took me, you know, five, six, seven years and in, in going out and around the country and actually some of the world and doing presentations that I got comfortable with myself on camera and started doing some uh, video here and yeah. there. Yeah. But it's interesting, your past, so you're kind of, you know, born to do this a, a little bit, would you say? Yeah, I think that it's a natural part of my DNA. You know, um, even as a kid, I remember watching commercials and then trying to mimic the facial expressions of the actors in the commercials. I have very clear memories of doing this, by the way, you know, of, of sitting watching some of these these shows and going like, I wonder if I can look like I'm about to cry. I wonder if I can look like I'm really excited. And so I remember sitting at the table you know, I used to drive my mom nuts, you know, because my mom's prescription drug addict. She did not at, at all want to entertain the idea of anyone being successful in our family except for her. And of course, wow. you know, that was all part of the, the prescription drug delusion, right. you know, but I would sit there at dinner and I would be like, I would be like, wow, this is great. And it's nutritious too, you know, and I would start to sort of do these things I heard in commercials and it just drove the family nuts. But even from a, uh, an early age, I, I knew I wanted to be presenting. And as a young kid, that that sort of uh, manifested as to commercials. I, I grew up in LA, so it's like I want to be in commercials. I want to be a movie star. But there was a real, you know, there was a real moment for me. Uh, I think it was uh, right around 21, 22, when I recognized a lot of the um, the drugs, the adultery, and and the the sort of idol chasing stuff that happens in Hollywood. And I was like, okay, I, I really like to perform, but I don't want to be a part of that community. Yeah, And that's, believe it or not, that's when I went into a couple years of darkness, drug use, myself and uh, alcohol addiction, because I, I was trying to find my place. You know, ironically, I didn't go into Hollywood because I didn't want to do drugs. And instead I got depressed because I wasn't in Hollywood and started doing drugs. But um, that lasted just a couple years until, um, uh, until I got a job at, at a radio station. And when I was at a radio station, all of a sudden, you know, I was producing again and I was out producing everyone else. And the reason that my ads were out producing everyone else's ads is because we were telling stories and we were taking the viewer on a journey. And that's, that's a talent that I've been able to apply to Facebook live, to YouTube live, to video ads, uh, and now onto YouTube channel growth, which is by far the most profitable route for any personality, any brand, any business. Okay. The, the organic traffic that you will get from a YouTube channel far outperforms any ad campaign, right? Five grand a day. I'm not saying don't do ads. I'm just saying you'll, you'll, you'll get the same amount of impressions at a fraction of the cost um, on YouTube. So you get your lead gen, but, but you know what also starts to happen, Mark, is you become a person of influence. Totally. You, know, uh, you know that I had cancer a couple years ago, yeah. right? Yep. So during cancer, uh, chemotherapy, I would sit on my couch and I would watch YouTube videos and infomercials. And I'm sitting there like trying to crack the code, you know? And what I noticed was, is that I'm, I'm watching these episodes of uh, uh, Frasier. Frasier became my favorite show when I was on chemotherapy. And I found myself like really loving Frasier. And I, I remember telling my wife at dinner, you know, I, I think if Frasier met me, I think he'd like me. And my, my wife says to me, you mean Kelsey Grammer? And that's the power of YouTube right there is that I had spent so many hours watching this actor. I actually thought I knew him and that parasocial relationship 
is what YouTube is all about. And so when your brand, when your company goes out there with a show, not a series of advertisements, okay, on YouTube, where you're like, hey, today we're gonna advertise this and today we're gonna advertise that. that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you have a stroller company, then you have a stroller show. If you have a vitamin company, then you have a vitamin show. If you sell um, physical therapy, then you have a physical therapy show on YouTube. And what happens is people start to generate relationship with you. They feel like they know you, they can trust you. And because of that, you become the expert to them in your topic matter. And that's the goal of YouTube. You know, it's so funny. Um, I mean, you word for word could be, you, you know, I could be in unison on this. There's one thing I, I do want to bring up uh, that I, I just, I know he believes this and, and uh, I, uh, um, I also do, but you know, the thing about ads and you, you can do video ads, you can do any kind of ad and it's on Facebook, it's on Google, it's on, uh, you know, any platform you can imagine. But once you stop paying for those ads, oh, that goes away Done with YouTube yeah. videos, they live on forever. I mean, they do, they do. They're like Mustafa and the Lion King, you know, he lives in you. But <laughs> to your point, you, you know, ads make you a commodity, you know, ads make you a fork right? Everyone's got forks. Some forks are better than other forks. We got some forks over at Walmart for a buck. It's like a buck for three forks. But we also got forks for our um, anniversary. And these forks are like curved for the human hand and, and, and everything. And, and it's, a, it's a better fork, but still a fork, you know? Yeah. Um, ads make you a fork. You're, you're just another person slanging another product. And for the means of profitability and, and um, growth, they serve a purpose. I ran ads for a long time and we did ads for a long time. We have a whole course on ads. But what I found was this, is that the moment that you stop producing that ad to get in front of people, you've done two big things. Number one is you've branded yourself as, as a commodity. But number two, um, you have also trained your audience not to look for you, okay? Your audience is now used to, if they see you, they're gonna see you in a news feed somewhere. There's nothing in them that says, I'm going to go to YouTube and watch Mark's new show. And that's where we want to put our clients. We want you to be in a place where your client is going, hey, what is ABC up to this week? I would love to check in on them. And they know that it's YouTube. Why YouTube? Well, because on YouTube, they're going to watch you for five or 10 minutes. They're not going to watch you for what, what's it, how long does it take to double tap on Instagram? Like a second and a half? Yeah, if that. You know, you just don't get the view time that uh that you get on other platforms you get so much more view time than you get on other platforms and so that's the, all of those reasons are why you know I, I don't say don't do ads but i would say like you know build organically on the side while your ads are running and then you're slowly like starting to like fewer and fewer ads as your organic grows fewer and fewer ads as your organic grows and next thing you know um, you, you know, you, you've got a show on YouTube that is not only selling product, but also branding you as sort of an entertaining presence in the space. That's a really important place to be. Totally. And I totally agree with your produce a show on YouTube. Don't produce a series of ads. It makes perfect sense. And, uh, it's exactly what I, I do with my clients. So let's move to clients. Yeah. And I'm a big proponent of using video to build a brand. And you've yep. mentioned that. Uh, and you work with, with brands to do just that. So what are the – I know you've done some content around this. I'll put links in the, uh, in the show notes. What, what do you tell brands or what do you tell corporations, companies, yep. individuals on how to use video to build their brand? 
Yeah, it, it depends a lot on what the brand's doing right now. And, and that, that I think is so key is, is what are you guys doing right now? And then how can we layer video on top of this to one day be your primary, you know, primary source? Uh, so it, I'll give you an example. We were working with uh, an energy company out of Texas, right? They're a Fortune 500 company. I think they're number 200 on the S&P. So big company, um, uh, no doubt. And they had on the ground sales teams, okay, AKA door knockers. So in, in their, uh, there's like seven cities that they were uh, uh, really focusing on with door knockers. What we decided to do was to support their on the ground sales teams with an entertaining show called Power Your Passion. And the sh again, think about it, it's an energy company, right? And they came to us and like, hey, what, what kind of stuff can we do around like our, you know, about energy? And I said, well, look, it's not about, it's not about the energy bill or the kilowatts per hours. They kept coming at me with like kilowatts per hours. You know what I mean? But our kilowatts per hour is amazing, you know? And I just can't, I just can't imagine mom, pa, Kent sitting around a table talking about KWH, you know? So what we decided to do was we talked about not the energy price, but what the power in your house does. It powers your electric guitar. It powers your, um, your blender. It, it, it powers your computer where you make graphics. It powers your cell phone where you're making TikToks. You know, energy powers your passion. And so what we decided to do was to create a show called Power Your Passion where we would interview thought leaders in various different industries and it would be more entertaining brought to you by the energy company so that when the door knockers came to your house, there would already be brand recognition with the name of the company. And that was very successful with us. That client stayed with us for four years uh, because of the success of that, of that campaign. Okay. So when you look at step one, step two, step three, yeah. What do you what do you tell brands to do? I mean, what's the first thing? Do you even need video? How, how are the how, yeah? Every everybody needs video, and here's why: because uh, the people not watching video are not going to be a a large consumer group in the next ten to fifteen years. Okay, I'm a very future focused guy. I understand that I can get business today from a certain demographic, speaking a certain way, making certain kinds of videos. But I'm also very aware that there's this up and coming generation that has grown up on YouTube. And this is really important, Mark, because you and I, we didn't have YouTube as kids. We didn't barely have video games. You know, I look at the handheld video games that you can buy at the department store now. And, and the handheld games are better than our desktop systems when we were, when we were kids. Our, now, our YouTube was the flip books that uh, created. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I remember making those out of post-it notes <laughs> when I was a kid. You know, my dad like, flip, those are my post-it notes, you know. Um, now I'm teaching my kids how to do the same thing with my dad's post-it notes. So it's, uh, the, the, the journey continues. But, you know, there's a certain way to talk to people that didn't grow up with technology, even though we're all immersed in it now, okay? There's a certain culture. We understand Seinfeld jokes. Like, we understand, you know, uh, Reagan jokes, right? But there's this whole new consumer marketplace that doesn't have any connection to any of that. And what I see brands doing is, we're, it's like brands are trying to hire younger people, but then forcing them to speak older language. When instead, the brand needs to really embrace this younger, this younger demographic and figure out how it works, okay? So that's sort of a preface. First of all, I'm always thinking towards the future. Now, 
every brand is a little bit different because everybody monetizes a little bit differently. Sometimes you just want awareness. Sometimes you want exposure. Sometimes you want your direct response. Sometimes you're launching a new ancillary brand. Um, there, there's, all, there's all of these different things that can happen. But the very first and foremost advice that I would give is what is the core benefit or value that your product provides to people? I'm not talking about a product. I'm not talking about a service, right? So if you're a stroller company and you sell 4 million strollers a year, you know, I, I'm not, it's not about, you know, the, the durable two-ply plastic with, with unbreakable, unfatable UPVC plastics, right? It's not about that. It's about the convenience of being able to take your kids to SeaWorld, right? And so we would build a show around the benefits of what it is that your, your product is selling and create a show around that. Now, that would be sort of our, our platform content. On the back end, we'd want to see, okay, now, are there some product tutorials that we could be making here? Are there some, you know, website tutorials that we could be making to help your customers better, you know, be better customers, you know, uh, 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 down the way? And, and if that's confusing, let me break it down into one quick little, little sentence here. It, it really helps to have more than one type of content that you're uploading to YouTube. We call this silo strategy. And, and what that means is this, is, you know, if, if your business is a tabletop, then your YouTube videos are the legs that, that keep that tabletop afloat. And so maybe you have, you know, one video a month you upload is sort of a show. Maybe it's like a talk show about strollers. But then maybe you have two videos a month that are actually tutorials on how to open and close the stroller uh, you know, for, for, for daily routine activities. So those videos, again, they're not, those are not going to be explosive. They're not going to be huge, but those are videos that are available to your customers. They can be embedded into your website. They can be downloaded and re-uploaded uh, onto Facebook and onto Instagram if, if, if necessary. But you're, you're now building this multifaceted sort of YouTube channel that dry, brings people in in a couple of different ways. We call those the, we call that the P3 content strategy. So it's, you know, pull content, which is bringing people into the channel, push content, which is where you're, you're kind of pushing out content that they need to know. And then there's pow content and pow would be sort of your, you know, your, your, your live stream Q and A's, or, or maybe you have like a, a special guest speaker, the CEO is going to come on and, and, and do an address. Pow is your sort of like once in a blue moon, big, you know, type of content that, that you're going to invite your list to and, and everybody to come into. But a good YouTube channel should have a mix of those three things. Okay. I mean, that's a, a great intro to, um, you know, whether a brand should or how a brand gets started and uh, working and specifically on YouTube. I, I do want to ask you though, about other channels. And I'm a big believer, as you are, and my experience is exactly the same. YouTube is the place where you should build the foundation carefully yeah. because, you know, YouTube has been changing the rules and who knows what's going to happen with them in the future. You've got to be careful. Yeah. But what are some of the other channels um, that you use, you know, video on? For me, it's LinkedIn. Yeah. I don't even waste my time on Facebook because it's the reach, unless I'm doing an Agreed. Episode. Yeah, agreed. You know, I might upload something to Facebook if for an event. I might do like a live Q&A. We do live workshops on Wednesdays, um, and we, we dual cast them on our YouTube and our Facebook, which I normally don't recommend. But because of the nature of the, uh, of the event, our, our goal is just to engage our audience wherever they might be. Yeah. Okay. But that's the only time we dual cast, right? Normally it's like we're either one or the other because why would somebody come to YouTube to watch you if they can just watch you on Facebook, right? Yeah. 
So there's something to be said about that. So we, we sort of avoid Facebook unless we're running a, a campaign. Uh, Instagram is where we repurpose our YouTube videos. And it's also where we engage daily with people from the YouTube channel. So I believe that YouTube and Instagram go hand in hand because it is so consumer heavy and because you know, Facebook is the marketplace. It's non-specific. It's everything. It's tutti frutti. It's everything is on, on Facebook. Whereas yeah. Instagram is like video and high quality pictures. Plus you can't post links. And that's really, that's really positive yeah. actually, believe it or not, because it doesn't become spammy. Right. And so what we do is we'll post a video on YouTube and then two weeks later, we'll post a, an edited version, like a three minute version mm -hmm. on Instagram. Why not the whole thing? Why not the whole thing? Yeah, why not put the whole YouTube video on Instagram? Be Number one watch times. Do you remember the last time you watched a 10-minute video on Instagram? No. Yeah. You know, me neither. Uh, so largely the, ten the time. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the, it's called TRT, right? The total run time. You know, three minutes. When I, we actually shoot for under three minutes. So it's like, it would be like two, two minutes and 54 seconds. Yeah. And, and that, having that two in front sends a, a very clear message to the viewer that's like, hey, you don't have to invest much time here, you know? And, and that gets them to watch 30 seconds of the video, right? I look at a 10-minute video, I'm not even watching the first 10 seconds because like, I, I, don't, I don't have time for this. So to answer the question, why not the whole thing is that, you know, platform, people, purpose. These are some of my guiding principles. On a platform, you upload content that's appropriate for the platform. YouTube, 10 minutes is appropriate. On Instagram, not appropriate. It's going to be more like a one minute to a three minute thing. So that's what we do. Furthermore, if they can get it on Instagram, then why would they come over to my YouTube channel? And the YouTube channel has to be unique. We have a very YouTube first presentation, right? Where it's start on YouTube and repurpose from there. Where I see a lot of brands specifically and bigger companies using YouTube as their trash dump, right? Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put content on Instagram. I'm going to put content on Facebook. And then I'm going to dump it all on YouTube. I feel it's very disrespectful for the YouTube viewer because think about this. I'm going to go on Instagram as an example to see what's up, right? I'm going like, to see what's going on. I usually check Instagram for my memes, you know, and check, check what's funny in, in the space. But I know that I'm going to spend about five to 10 seconds on a, on a meme and then move on to the next one. Agreed? Yeah. Oh, you see yeah. where I'm coming from? Yeah. Right? So on YouTube, it's different because there's only one thing you can do on YouTube and that's watch videos. So when, whenever anyone opens up their YouTube app or clicks on a video from Google, there's a mental thing that says, I'm going to watch this for two minutes, maybe 10 minutes. And that's the psychology that you want to tap into, right? You don't necessarily want to be a part of this, maybe I'll watch this if I'm interested, culture. You want to be a part of this, hey, when you're ready to get fed real content, come over to YouTube and check us out. Mm. Okay. I, I, I like that philosophy. I've just been posting, you know, the entire video on, on uh, Instagram and I don't have the data to show how long they're watching it, but I think you're right. I mean, they more, more often than that, they're going to stay. And I think the data back backs this up uh, on YouTube than they will on Instagram. I mean, Instagram yeah. they're there for a fleeting second. Yeah. And they might watch your video if you stay very, very interesting.
and everybody's on Instagram, right? Like not everybody is on YouTube. And yeah. that, that's why I think it's such a great, it's such a great opportunity. Well, you I also know? think YouTube, people are going there because they discovered you on a search result too. Yeah. Whereas Instagram, you're not really searching for a specific answer to your problem. And I'm speaking as a marketer. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. You know, there's, there's all of those things that you have to consider before sort of just developing your plan. I would rather that you, you know, any brand focus their real energy on YouTube and then sort of use the, the other platforms like Instagram, like Facebook as support platforms, yeah. right? Those platforms are designed for customer service, for um, uh, maybe ads. Like Facebook, we all, it's a great place for ads. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Instagram is, is a great place, I think, for relationship building, right? Now, you want to talk about, you know, creating impact. You might want to throw TikTok in the mix because, man. Well, I, we're going to get to that. I have never seen what I'm seeing happening on TikTok anywhere else, that. and that's, that's exciting. I, I wanted to move first to uh, LinkedIn because that is something oh, yeah. exploring, yeah. and I'm trying to figure it out. So far, mm -hmm. I've had one or two videos that have done really well because they had you know, kind of these controversial subjects in them, or I did something funny that I also did on TikTok. Um, so what is it that we can learn from people like Shay Robottom and yeah. others that have been successful with LinkedIn video. Yeah. You know, I'm not anti LinkedIn video, um, but I've been playing with LinkedIn video for quite some time. And, you know, I'll upload a six second video of me over at the news station, right? I do this weekly recurring or this monthly recurring section on, on the news and that video will get 2000 views, but then I'll post a video with like an in-depth sort of analysis of the YouTube algorithm and I'll get 17 views on it. And so I, I, here's the, the challenge that I pose with LinkedIn video is that do business people really care about your LinkedIn video? Because what I'm seeing is, is the same video that's successful on LinkedIn is the same video that's successful um, sort of in the viral community, right? It's going to be pretty girls. Um, it's going to be girls wearing costumes. And yes, pe people are doing this on LinkedIn. Why? Because it works on Instagram stories. So they're doing it here and, and, and people are following them. How much revenue is coming from that? You know, I just don't really, I don't really know. And, and my question is, like, is that the brand you're trying to build? And that's where I challenge the LinkedIn video scenario because on LinkedIn, you can only go as far as your people's people, right? Your network's network. That's as far as you can go. Whereas the moment you upload that same video on YouTube, um, that goes out to the whole world. It's available to the whole world, has viral potential. And so you're, you're, you're capping how far you can go on, on LinkedIn by, by focusing on LinkedIn solely. Now, I say this because people like Shay Robottom, who is doing fantastic work yeah. on LinkedIn video, right? She's getting you know, 23,000, 100,000 views you know, per video. But my question is, would it, would you, um, the, the bearded overweights, you, you know, 45, 55 year old male be as successful as Shea Robottom, the cute, perky, you know, 30 something millennial. My, my guess is no, you won't be. And that, that maybe hurts, right? Cause we're supposed to live in this place where nobody has, we're all vanilla and there's no such thing as boy and girl. And, and that's garbage right? Like it matters how you present. The most successful people that I know on LinkedIn are doing things that the average business wouldn't do on LinkedIn. And so you have to really think about like, is that, is that a place that's worth it for you? Now on the flip side, you take a guy like Beryl Solomon, 
Not sure if you're following his work. I really enjoy his work. 11,000 views on a video in like an hour or two, and it's all business, all business. Okay, really, really strong. I, I don't know how much business he's actually getting from the video. I'm not aware of that. I would assume it's some, but I saw his video yesterday and I go, why aren't you doing this on YouTube? How do you know he's not? Did you check? No, well, he reached out to me. But I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to go too far into that. But no, we look. We I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn looking at LinkedIn video creators. I follow their hashtags and uh, and and looking at who would be a good fit for for YouTube. And it's not everybody. If, if I see somebody, you know, sort of uh, dancey prancy on on LinkedIn video and doing kind of like, hey, look at me, look at me, stuff like that's that's not a, someone I want to take onto YouTube. But when I see someone like Beryl Solomon, who's got this like really strong message and he really stands his ground, the guy wears a yarmulke, he talks and he's like, I will not be available for Shabbat. You know, he's, he like takes the stand, he's not afraid to live his faith. Like that's the type of thing that will do well on YouTube, not because it's faith-based and not because it's, it's aggressive, but because he's himself. Right. And if as a brand, you can create a video uh, strategy that really like communicates the value of your brand without being so, we love everybody and, and there's nobody that can't be a good fit for our product. Like you're going to do very well on, on YouTube. Yep. So LinkedIn, I think is a good birthing place for tomorrow's um, YouTube leaders. But I was telling you before this call, like we're actually trying to step back from our LinkedIn presence because here's the thing. Let me tell you guys this. It does not help to talk about YouTube on LinkedIn. So instead of, we've tried this, right? We're like, hey, YouTube tips, YouTube tips, YouTube tips. People on LinkedIn aren't interested in YouTube tips. So instead, what we're doing is we're changing the conversation to lead generation, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Or business growth. Yeah. And then in the video, we're, we're leading them towards, towards YouTube, yeah. right? So I think a lot of it has to do with your, uh, your, your framing, like the, the argument that you're framing for LinkedIn video. And then of course, you know, how good is the video? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very well said. I mean, that's a, a good tip for LinkedIn. Don't talk about YouTube because people don't care. They are interested on LinkedIn in learning how to grow their business. Well, yeah. And, and a bigger thing, like don't talk about strollers either. And again, this is also, again, I'm not a LinkedIn expert, but this is what our data has shown us that the conversation on LinkedIn has to be business related. So if you've got, if you've got a stroller company, you know, the conversation is not about like how to find a better stroller. The conversation is, um, is, is how to bring your family, um, uh, how to run a, a, a better family business, you know, and then bringing the stroller into that conversation. Are you with me on that? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it makes total sense. And that's why yeah. people are on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn, you, you've really got to find your angle, but, but going on LinkedIn and talking about SEO, some of my good friends are, are SEO magistrates in this country. Like if I said their names, everybody would know who they are if they're into SEO. But I see their posts on LinkedIn, it's like six, six likes, right? Two comments. And the comments are from staff members, you know? So on LinkedIn, you really have to, you're really limited in how you can present your case. And I think that that's a good strategy, but it's like now you're talking about like one strategy for YouTube, another strategy for LinkedIn, another like Instagram thing can be overwhelming. And my good friend, Brian G. Johnson, who's an amazing um, YouTube artist said, um, he said, oh, and you put all of your energy into all of these videos. And he says, I make one good video. My one good video on YouTube will get more views and watch time than all of these little 
Instagram clips, LinkedIn clips, and all this other stuff. And he's absolutely right. And that's why you take a, you, you put your energy into YouTube and then you filter that down through all of your other platforms. And that's, that's how you, you win. Because even on the other platforms, they know you've got a YouTube show and that's where you want them going back to. Yep. Yep. Very well said. Um, well, let's move off of LinkedIn. I know we could do, we could do a whole episode just on, on LinkedIn. So sure. maybe another day once I get, uh, I, I'm just trying to unlock this and I'm studying people like you are. Um, and, uh, maybe we'll have you back on for, for just, just about LinkedIn. Let's go to TikTok. Now I've been watching some of your personal TikToks. I mean, they're yeah. funny. They're great. I just don't know how you're going to tie this to business. And maybe you don't give a crap about tying yeah. to business. But for me, I'm always looking out for the marketer, looking out for myself. I produced one video that was pretty funny, caught a little bit of a tailwind. Um, it was basically me pretending to go back to restaurants. And yeah. I, had a, I had a little uh, uh, Roomba deliver me my meal. You know, you know, <laughs> I, I did it all in my house. <laughs> one of the things I love about you is that you're, you're, an, you're an intellectual guy. You're like me. Right. So we, we like to talk about higher level things, mm -hmm. um, but we can also um, throw spaghetti at the wall yeah. and, and have a food fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's food fights. That's always a lot of fun. Facebook. Anyway, let's go. Let's go back to TikTok. What is your plan for TikTok? Yeah, that's really good. So uh, right now, I am like the Wolverines on, on TikTok. So Wolverines obviously comes from Red Dawn. And it was that band of, of American students that, that were going to, you know, fight the, the, the Russian army. So, you know, I'm sort of in espionage on TikTok. And the reason for that is that in 10 years, the audience on TikTok is going to be the audience that we're trying to sell to. And what I see happening right now is I see brands, you know, working very, very diligently to sell um, the 30-something, 40-something client and, and above, okay? We know how to sell that client. Right, everybody that's that's uh, I think even thirty above, uh, maybe even yeah thirty above maybe, grew up without cell phones. Okay, when they were born, there was no cell phones, there was no YouTube. Right by nineteen ninety. Oh yeah. So what what we know how to sell those people. We've been selling to those people for decades. Okay, but this big thing happened. It's called cell phones, the mobile revolution, YouTube. All of this stuff starts coming out in the two thousands. And we have not put any effort into knowing how, do those kids, how those kids communicate. In fact, what I see is I see a whole bunch of whippersnapper conversations, right? Those whippersnappers, who cares? I don't give a rat's patoot about these kids. These kids don't know nothing. They've given their rights away. They took our jobs, you know, all these grumpy, 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 grumpy. I hate that, that garbage. What I'm doing on TikTok, first of all, it's a comedy outlet for me. I told you earlier, I fancy myself an actor. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've always want, one of my, my good friends, uh, David Lopez, made it really, really big on YouTube with his comedy. And, and I had a chance to, to do that with him and I chose to be more business focused. I watched him become a multimillionaire on YouTube wow. with comedy. Wow. So there is definitely an outlet for me to, to do some of the comedy that I, I didn't get to do uh, earlier in my career. Uh, but the big reason that I'm even focused on it is because I am trying to learn the customer of tomorrow. The customer of tomorrow can absorb an entire story in 10 seconds. And when I say story, I mean, if you can give them a 10 second version of Little Red Riding Hood, they'll, they'll consume it. They'll understand every minute of it. They talk, they, they process faster than we do. They use different words than we use. They're listening to different music. Like, and I actually feel bad for them because... I grew up like 90s alternative rock, Nirvana, Foo Fighters, um, you know, and even uh, a lot of hip hop uh, coming out in those days, Tupac and Bone Thugs. Like I grew up on that good music, 
right? Yeah. Everything today seems just like so bubblegum, agenda-driven stuff. Like it's, it's, it's sad. But my point is they're listening to music we're not listening to. I couldn't even name an artist on one of their, on one of their top 10 lists. But here's the thing that I do know is I'm going to learn it and I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to welcome those people as customers as they get into their adult lives. And so I am on TikTok and I think that everybody should be watching TikTok and understanding where the marketplace is going when it comes to visual media content. So uh, here's some criticisms I have for, for TikTok. And, and it's the same with Instagram until they introduce swipe up stories. How do yeah. you as a marketer link out of TikTok? How do you, in, in Snapchat, I, I still don't recommend Snapchat. No, great. Again, you know, this is, okay. So we're talking the marketer conversation and for, for your audience, it's all marketers. It's my audience too. I love the marketing place. Not, not everything. Can you imagine like, Hey, well, what's the click through on a billboard? Yeah. Right. What's the click through on a TV commercial? Now, in a lot of those cases, you might have, um, you, you might have a phone number, um, uh, attached to it, or you might have a website attached to it. That's only on the billboard or whatever, but not necessarily a direct response sort of, of mechanism, right? It's more of a brand awareness thing. And, and I think that's what, that's what TikTok does is it, it, it gives you a ton of brand awareness and it puts your mind, uh, or it puts you in the minds of, I mean, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of young people, you know, uh, TikTok, uh, you go, you get big on TikTok. You know, I've got a video doing half a million views on TikTok. I never had a video do that on, on, on YouTube. So those young people are familiar with my work. And so when I transition into, um, you know, Owen Video has a TikTok school, well, I'm pretty well positioned. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean your angle makes a lot of sense, and but I haven't seen a lot of like the the big brands on TikTok yet. Maybe I'm just not as well versed as you are. Like the McDonald's. No, they're not. But McDonald's and McDonald's really need to be on TikTok. You know, they're they're actually McDonald's has eliminated their dollar menu and everything, and so they're they're actually working on a, on an older demographic. It makes sense to me that McDonald's is not there. But I, I get your point. And let's go to the stroller example. Mm -hmm. The reason that we're not seeing bigger brands go on to TikTok is because everyone's obsessed with ROI, right? Yeah. And, and that's good. It's a good thing. It's a healthy thing, right? To be uh, obsessed with ROI. But, but that's not what TikTok is yet. Now, on TikTok, you do have a couple different avenues. Um, brands are able to advertise on TikTok. Yes. And the advertisements on TikTok, I find, are some of the best advertisements on the web. Because they usually feature somebody using the product. Right. I mean, but Snapchat I, has I love advertisements on Snapchat that, are, that act the same way. And I just haven't seen it take off with marketers yet. And that, that's what I'm trying to figure out with TikTok is, yes, there's ads, but are they effective and are they taking Here's, Yeah. And, and again, and I, I, my, my whole thing is like, why pay for ads when you can have organic, right? And, and I, I believe in that. Now, it's, again, we don't, it's not, we don't run ads. It's just that our, our thing is organic. And so I would actually convince the brand not to be doing um, ads, but instead to be growing an organic TikTok um, sort of presence. So imagine, you know, um, uh, the stroller company, yeah. uh, you, you know, creating a, a, a TikTok. Uh, TikTok is a lot of uh, sort of like you've got a, a beat and you're dancing to it, you know. Yeah. But what if you had a stroller and on the beat you were sort of like pointing to another you know, another feature of the stroller. So it's like bump, 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 yeah. bump, 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 you know, and you're pointing to a different thing. And every time you point, like a feature pops up. 
You know, it's little things like that, that, that make TikTok so, so amazing. I've got a friend on TikTok right now. Um, she has a, a show about dogs on YouTube, about her snow dogs, her huskies. And on TikTok, all she's doing is saying, watch how fast he comes in the house. And she'll go outside, she'll call him, he'll run inside. 30,000 views. Mm, yeah. So imagine having a stroller. And again, you say, hey, everybody, check a look, take a look at this phenomenal stroller feature. Vroom. And the stro you know, and boom, that's the video. You, you show the canopy, you know, come out the margarita baby, baby margarita holder in the, in, the, in the stroller. You show that, and then the TikTok's over. Yeah. It's I, so easy to do. If, if I were going to suggest to the stroller company something to do, what I would do is I'd create a contest and say, look, $5,000 to the person that develops the best stroller uh, video using yeah. our stroller. So and good. I think once you get a bunch of people doing it, because you know, on TikTok, everyone's copying each other, coming up new dance routines to the same music. I mean, it's brilliant that way. You can see yeah. different variations of different I don't know what they're calling memes, video memes or themes or something. TikToks. I think they call them TikToks at this TikToks. point because it's very unique to the platform because what yeah. you do is you can, the, they, anytime you upload a video to TikTok, like the audio of that video goes into a database. And so I could actually pull audio from somebody else's TikTok and then lip sync to it or mouth to it. Like we're seeing a lot of that happen as well. We're seeing a lot of people reenact like friends yeah. uh, sequences Absolutely. and stuff like this, which is not my thing. Yeah. But again, that's how you pull your strategy, right? Um, you, could, you could be doing um, uh, mouthing pieces of, of videos where people have strollers in them, you know, uh, different movies where people are pushing. Yeah, you could have the baby yeah. in the strollers talking. So put your baby in, a, in, the, in their stroller and have them say something and there'd be a big contest. So I, I, effective. I, I got a lot of grief for going on TikTok. I was like, hey, you know, my, my TikTok just, just did this amazing thing. Um, and it's like, well, where's your ROI? You know, where's your money? I had a whole bunch of people just screaming at me on Facebook. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this post, but, but my thing was like, look, right now, I am not trying to capitalize on a market I know nothing about. I don't really know much about the 14-year-olds today. Like, new, I got a 13-year-old in my house right now. <laughs> I don't understand what he's saying half the time, right. you know? But I'm going to learn them. I owe it to my kids to learn them, and I owe it to the future of my company to learn them. Yeah. So, right? Um, I'm on TikTok right now to learn it and to figure out what's going on. And I'll tell you, I've adapted pretty well. I made about 10 videos that did nothing. And then um, I made one that, that went half a million. And that has fed all the past ones. So I watched all my past TikToks double in views because of they would go to my page and then they'd watch all the other ones that I've made. Yeah, and that's what I like about you. You're not afraid to jump in. I do the same exact thing. Just jump in and learn it yourself and fail, 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 and finally you figure it out. That's what I'm doing with LinkedIn right now. And, and that is the way to, to learn it. I would say I think a lot of – you probably received a lot of skepticism on that Facebook post because I remember uh, Gary Vaynerchuk you know, touting Snapchat. I mean, it was just over and over and over. And, and I did a video on it, why Snapchat is not a good fit for marketers. I yeah. still stand behind it. I think that's proven out. And I think people start to see that and they're like, I don't understand you know, how TikTok can benefit my business yet. And I've seen yeah. people like Gary touting things before and it didn't work out. Now, Gary, for the most part, knows his shit inside and out, right? He's, he's very, very good. But he got Snapchat wrong. Uh, and, and then, so people are probably looking at it the same way. It's like, I get on TikTok, I see a bunch of funny videos. I don't know how it relates to my business or how it could help my business. Somebody like you that's getting in there and exploring, I think, you know, in three to six months, you'll be able to tell us this is how you capitalize on it. 
Yeah, a great point. Um, you know, it's it's not all. I, I think what happens is we we love to like the new thing is the stupid thing, right? Oh, this new thing is stupid, right? Like that. There's kind of like that that problem in marketing today when really it's like, okay, let's see if this new thing's going to go anywhere. You know, Gary Vee obviously has uh, is an investor into Snapchat, so he's got a lot of reason to uh, to promote it. But I'll tell you. I, uh, I was on Snapchat for less than a year and I, and I, I just knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. And from what, from where I stand today, I know that there's little pockets that still use it, but from where I stand today, nobody is talking about Snapchat right. yep. in any type of meaningful way. Right. And so I think that we were right on that side. TikTok's a little bit different. TikTok's more like Vine and Vine was huge in introducing new creators to the space. And so that's where I think TikTok's going to go. Okay. Yeah. And I look forward to hearing more about it because, you know, if, if you get in early, like, you know, some of the brands did on Instagram, I mean, yeah. they, they made some brands. Oh, the yeah. Brands just took off. I think that should be the goal. It really should be. It's like when a new platform comes out, you got to ask yourself, is this the way, is, could this be the thing? Could this be the, the platform that, that gets us that, that extra lift? I know for me, you know, I, I don't want to, to be um, doing consultant work forever. I don't think anybody wants to do the one thing forever, right? Like we want to grow. We want to bring on coaches and coaches can start consulting and each one teach one. And then we want to be in more production. We want to be in a place where we're producing 12 YouTube shows a year, you know, that are getting millions of views. And so, you know, as, as we look at these new platforms, we look at them as creative outlets to see, okay, let's see, can we make people laugh and like us on this platform? And then when we do that, then how can we sort of de start delivering messages to them, right? And that's where I excel, right? I'm a message maker. Like I, I, I remember watching Saved by the Bell uh, uh, early, uh, early on in my life and there is a whole episode about subliminal messages and it, that stays with me to this day. And of course, I'm not believing or advocating in subliminal messages, but the art of communication, right? right? Before someone's gonna buy from you, they have to like you. And so I'm getting them to like us on TikTok and through those relationships, I mean, these, most of the people liking me right now are ages like 10 to 14, okay? But when those guys are, are, are 20 years old, they may not be following me on TikTok anymore. They might be following me on YouTube or somewhere else, but I will have earned the right to ask for their business. And that's what I'm trying to build now on TikTok. Right. Okay. Excellent. Well, I could go on and on, Owen, but uh, we've got to wrap things up. And we do that by asking two final questions. Um, number one. What is the hottest digital marketing technology that you recommend right now? Alexa, voice control everything. My whole house is on Alexa. Not only that, my kids, uh, my kids' moral and educational upbringing is programmed into reminders in Alexa. Now we could have the whole conversation about Alexa's following you everywhere. And and here's my belief, Mark, is that if if the government wants me, they're going to find me. So I'm not worried. Oh, Owen had an Alexa and he was taken away by the, the police. Like, no, Owen was taken away by the police because he's a rebellion leader. A lot of, you know, and lit a Molotov cocktail at a liquor store or something. You know what I mean? Of course, I'd never do that. But, you know, they're going to find you if they want to find you. I love Alexa because, um, you know, my kids check in with Alexa and they go, Alexa, uh, if I say it, they're, she's going to start. But I'll say, Alexa, start my day. And Alexa recognizes the voice. It knows it's James. So then James will, will get his schedule from Alexa, which we've pre-programmed into it. And then, and then that starts his day. Uh, it's the same with, with us in our business. Our studio comes on with, with Alexa. It goes off with Alexa. Alexa reminds me to do voice warm-ups 
Alexa keeps our business running smoothly. I don't even use my other servant robot, Siri. I don't even use her anymore, but Alexa has enabled us to do so much, including with the new Alexa video. You, you can now just like watch your competitor's video with the, with the voice command. So uh, I think that Alexa, we're, we're only scratching the surface of what this thing can do. Yeah, and I've talked about that. I'm going to have somebody from Amazon on pretty soon to talk about how marketers can take advantage of it. Um, that's a whole new thing I haven't even began to take a look at, but I suspect there's look, some things that we can do. I'll tell you, Gary V talked about it, and and I, I feel like I'm a very reasonable Gary V guy. Like sometimes he says things I like, sometimes he doesn't. Like I, I'm not a one side of the. But he talked about, you know, voice technology, and I, I'm recognizing it for me. Like I watch videos at video time in my day, right? But otherwise, even when I'm watching a video, it's just kind of like on my iPhone stand, and I'm listening to it while I'm doing other things. So I really like voice technology and what marketers need to start doing is how can you create uh, an Alexa skill that can become a part of your customer's daily routine? So case in point, the stroller company. If you're a stroller company, you could be putting together these you know, two to three minute sound bites on workout tips, fitness tips, child safety tips, and when a person says, you know, Alexa, start my day or, or Alexa, you know, read me my news, your skill can be in there and saying, you know, in your childhood tip of the day is, is, you know, make sure to do blah, blah, blah when you're doing blah, blah, blah. This brought to you by ABC Schroeder Company wishing you a great day. Yeah. Right? Or, and you just, know, it's everyone's inside in quarantine. Here's what you can do with your child to keep them active and, and healthy or something like that? All of the above. I think when you establish, like Alexa is a mini podcast um, sort of portal. And the way that it's set up is ideal for marketers. My, my advice to marketers is go get three. I mean it, get three of them. I have maybe like five or six Alexas in my house. Um, I would get three of them so that you can see what their, their combined capabilities are and, and just start playing with that and see what ideas you come up with. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see how you set that up uh, offline or maybe another show. Uh, anytime, so the- anytime. I almost started a channel. My mentor told me not to. I almost started a channel on, on life automation because I'm so in love with what Alexa did. You know, I was a cancer survivor. So during cancer, I had to automate everything hmm. and, and I learned so much. We didn't have Alexa at that time, but I got Alexa like two years later. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, wow, like so much stuff that we can do. So I, I love Alexa for that, for that reason. Wonderful. All right. Uh, last question. Who is the most influential, who's influencing you the most in marketing today? I think Elon Musk. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. The guy is a visionary. Um, he doesn't give a hoot yeah. about you or, uh, or your position. You, you know what I mean? He's going to build his thing. And I, I love that. I mean, this is literally a guy building rocket ships to the moon for commercial space. Mars. I love what Elon Musk is doing. I, I love his defiance. Um, and I love the way that he got Alameda County to, um, uh, you know, he said, I'm going to open up my shop. Um, I'm putting my people back to work and, and I don't care what you, what you guys say. And then Alameda County, they, they go, oh, okay, or, all right, well, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I love that. Let's, let's all build businesses so big that it, it just doesn't matter what the haters say. Um, I really love the way that he engages with people on Twitter. Uh, I think that's the way to build a personal brand. I love the way he regrew his hair. I don't know the story behind that. I do know, you've probably seen the pictures that he was sort of balding before he became Elon Musk and then 
head full, full of hair. I love that he saw that I'm going to be a world famous visionary. So I need to look the part. And he did that. I, I love that. I love that he has five kids. Um, I love that he named his kid. What did he name him? Like X1? It was like some formula or something. I, I don't Look, know. I love it. I actually asked my wife, okay, this was maybe 10 years ago. I said, because we read this article just a couple of days ago. And I said, did you see what Elon Musk named his child? And she rolled her eyes and she goes, we're not naming our kid a number. <laughs> so when, when my son Jameson was born, I wanted to spell it um, J-A-M-E-7-O-N. Mm. And the reason I wanted to do that was to just like, recognize where we are in the world in terms of technology today. And, and she said, no, you're not going to do that. So we, we didn't do that. And so it's awesome to see like Elon Musk did that. And I think for very much the same reasons um, and to know that we were sort of on that same wavelength is, is really cool. And so, you know, I, I think that even though he's not a marketer per se, I think that the way that he lives, breathes and, and works is something that we could all learn from. Yeah, especially on the branding side. I mean, the way he's branded himself, I mean, personally and with his, his companies, no question. Yeah, and he, and he hasn't done the whole, like, I'm too busy to talk to people thing, you yeah. know? Um, he also hasn't jumped on the, the politics train, you know? Uh, Trump gave him a, 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 a nod on, um, on Twitter the other day, and, and he said, thank you, yeah. you know? And it wasn't like, the, it was just a polite response. It wasn't like, oh, I, you know, shut up, you stupid bag. And it wasn't like, thank you, sir, let's build a wall. You know, it, it was just, thank you. And I, again, the two words that we could all learn from is, you know, being likable and respectable, you know, uh, so much about the way Elon just carries himself uh, that I'm a fan of. And I think that more thought leaders were to do this, you know, instead of being like, I'm too busy to talk to my people. Uh, be more engaging and be more human with people. And I think it'll go a long way. I completely agree. I mean, and he's a good example of how to do that. And there's several, several others, but just recently, just how he's handled this whole COVID crisis, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So just to wrap up, um, one thing I do want you to do, if you're listening, is uh, if you are interested in getting a free course from Owen, uh, go to thevideomarketingschool.com. And uh, also, Owen, how can people get a hold of you if they want to ask more questions about what we I think um, the videomarketingschool.com is probably the, the best way to you know, enter our funnel. But if you want to just reach out to me and say what's up, use Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear from you there and we can start a conversation. I'd love to know like, what about this interview uh, was intriguing or what particularly stood out or even what you most disagreed with. Um, one of the, the highlights of my day is, is just engaging with people on Instagram and finding out what's, what the buzz is in the marketplace. So I would love to hear from any of our listeners uh, that are uh, checking this out today. And what is your Instagram handle? Uh, at Owen Video. You can find me everywhere on the web at Owen Video. Perfect. Thanks, Owen. And um, we, we're going to have a follow-up because there's a couple of things. That can't, can't wait. You know I always enjoy our time together. Likewise. Likewise.